said you said an hour it's fucking bullshit you know it it's like we gotta make it a two-parter it's a, a two-parter we go two hours or else i'm hanging up and we pull the whole thing now Summer cracking shrimps, dancing boards, had babes and cars. Wonder where the summer went to wave some seagulls, friends and bars. Only as the sun did set while we outside. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music and arts podcast. This is episode or part two of the Kyle Field of Little Wings conversation. We had such a big talk. It was two episodes. Hopefully. You're not listening to this episode first, but do what you want, man. Who am I to uh, to bum you out? Uh, <laughs> live life as you want. Find joy where you can. Uh, it, check out the show notes. There's links to all things Kyle and, and myself. There's um, my website, thematdwire.com, that will take you to my Patreon page. And uh, you could get merch off the website. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, that'd be great. I will put I put a lot of raw files up there, the unedited stuff, um, blogs. I think I'm going to start doing music blogs, writing about albums, not critiques, because I did album critiques for a while. And after a while, I was just like, this is bullshit. And this is not a, I felt morally wrong about judging people's art. But uh, I'm going to start doing some stuff on that about music. Uh, also, I just, I wanted to say this in the intro for the first episode, but I'm going to say it here because I forgot. I like to listen to Kyle's music with headphones on. Maybe it's because I've recently got back into marijuana, but uh, I like the way he mixes things and the harmonies. That I don't know. If maybe it's just the marijuana. But uh, I it, then then if maybe smoke a doobie and listen to some Little Wings and really enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna get on with this and uh, enjoy part two of my conversation with Kyle Field. I mean, it, I feel like we're going through a quote Chicago-ish winter, Sunny Boy. But it's more like the winter of our of all of our malcontent. Like we, the funniest thing is the elephant in the room is the actual situation. Like someone who tuned into this podcast from Europe was like, "Oh, I expect him to talk about Trump and to talk about the election and talk about this thing," you know. And we're just like, dude, need, sometimes a man just needs a breather. It's like, um, of course, like if we're going to talk about that, it's like need to make it a three-parter. Yeah. Well, I just texted my wife to bring me a tequila and, and limeade. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, that was interesting. Cause I it, will not lie. I, I picked up some... Chulimore Dew, the, it's called the legendary Irish whiskey, triple distilled. And I have, I'm past a decade or more from swearing off whiskey, but I think whiskey, I, I was a tequila person for like quite a long time. But uh, it, it turned on me and I don't want to go into it, but. Uh, you said it tears it up your pain. guts. No, I, I never said that. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that was uncool. I shared a, I shared something confidential in the, 
<laughs> now, it, it, what I believe is that an agave plant started growing inside of my stomach, <laughs> and they're very prickly. And one of the pokers hit the side, and then I stopped drinking, and it stopped growing. Um, okay. I, I Check out. Check out what? Does that check out? Yeah. I can't drink. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I used to drink a ton of Irish whiskey, and I feel like that's the, the, the after, like, if I drink whiskey for two days, like, the hangovers start getting, like, existential, and it's oh, like. Oh, I'm sure. And I feel like. I mean, and I'm like, I mean have you ever seen trading places? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just did it. <laughs> Like you used to, like I never went through a major whiskey phase. Did you? Because you mentioned uh, the first thing you went to uh, when I said rough childhood is beatings. Maybe that's just typical. But uh, did you get? Did you get get some beatings? I wouldn't call them beatings. I would say we got spanked. And but it was spanked with a belt, you know. Yeah, that was typical in our generation. I mean, we're somewhere. For sure. I mean, and it it was. There's so many different ways to look at it. Um, young human beings who are, especially who are male, who are like trying to tear each other's heads off occasionally. I. I think I get it. We're just like, what? Like you kicked your brother in his back. You were both just in shorts and his face hit the wall really hard. Like a dad is going to be like, I made both of you. You're, you just totally tried to kill your younger brother. Like you don't know how hard it was to make him go to the bedroom I'll be I'll be there in two minutes and then I think that's when the parents talk about it and she's like I know I know they're getting wild but go easy on them go easy on them honey he's like I've got to do what I got to do he goes boys that was that was very bad and like and you're like I didn't forget that watched a documentary about you and that's the only documentary on me and that was 15 years ago would you do another one i would totally yeah um i I would just have to the the comfortable thing about that one was i had only just moved into that room that they filmed at the very end and so it wasn't like showing my whole world to the world and at the same time I think I just come out of the biggest depression of my life and um, and I got an email from Lisa Miller I can't remember her last name right now that's crazy Lisa but she was from the band The Concretes from Sweden she was like, hi, I'm Lisa. I do a show with MTV Europe called This Is Our Music. I see you have a show coming up. I think that was it. Yeah, it was like I had already booked a show that I really didn't actually want to go play at all. Like, for real. Because I just brought a guitar and played in one room of a super noisy club that had like five rooms. It was like 
the L.A. version. It was the knitting factory in L.A. We called it the shitting factory. <laughs> I played there once in a next to a fucking bl- blackout. Next to a blackout? Well, I, I mean, I like I was nearing entering a whiskey blackout. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was on the ganja myself, but um, I played a terrible show. But my terrible shows turn into stand-up comedy because I am kind of too challenged by the environment to actually play the songs. So I'll just start talking about that. Does that happen? Anywho, <laughs> that's happened. Yeah, that's why I finally got a powerful band where we can just hit the songs and we don't have to. But I will say, when I said I've never gone with an album cycle, there were so many tours that were so poorly planned because that was almost like my punk rock way of going against smash the system, you know, like smash the system and like go against it and like put on a bad show and then it's like performance art and you're like wow why can this person seemingly record songs fine but then once we get in a noisy crowded bar you can't hear just an acoustic guitar and a voice or whatever you know that knitting factory didn't last very long, was it? I only, I mean, I literally played it once, and I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you what happened because I, Matt, I never looked back. <laughs> I never, I never wanted to go there again. What made you move down to LA? Because you've lived in, I don't know. It seems like, uh, it, what, why? I was going to try to come up with some theory why why do but I'm just curious because you lived in Portland and you're going to be wrong on most counts and and that's fine but Los Angeles County has essentially been close to my home since I was five years old and Yeah. So we moved from Mississippi to California when I was five years old. And we moved fairly close to L.A. then. And so I was here for 15 years, you know, until I was 20-something and then migrated north and further north and then east and this and that. Did you live in New York too? I spent a month and a half in New York visiting a friend there, but every day that I woke up in New York, I told myself, <laughs> you don't you don't live here. You're just visiting because otherwise I would have had an all over anxiety attack, but I'm very impressed by human beings that can thrive and exist and kind of navigate that busybody vision for that many days and years. And I don't know, it was super intense and really fun knowing that I would not live there forever. 
And at the same time that I was experiencing all that, I was also like, I can't believe people just live here for their whole life. It seems insane. I, I knew day one or two that I had made a major fucking mistake. Like I, when you moved there. Yeah. And I thought, I I mean, I cannot imagine that anxiety because I verged on it every day when I lived there. It's the whole city. It's like, what? I, I was so fucked up in the head. Like I started speaking, like the words wouldn't come out of the sentences would come out jumbled. And it was like, it took me like a couple weeks to just like, and I never felt like myself. I never felt grounded. Uh, well, you should listen to, uh, I'm just going to tell about, this is a new thing. Instead of telling someone you should listen to this thing, which causes a burden of something you must do, <laughs> instead, people should just interpret it for you like we're sitting around a fire. And Laird Hamilton, who, I don't know if you know this name, he's a, a surfer and uh, surfs big waves, and he said... I'm always on edge. When I'm in a big city like New York City, you're in fight or flight mode. <laughs> he says, he's like, it's totally unnatural to the human condition. It's like, what, you've got girls there? It's like, oh, they're shopping. That cures anxiety. <laughs> he's talking about all the things that he's like, you want to eat. When you're feeling anxious it's like talk give me another piece of pie there. like it's like it's there's and i've also heard this theory and correct me or support me if you've heard it too but i was told when i was in new york and i was like not on cocaine mind you just on a little sense amelia to quote uh, yellow man, I don't sniff coke, I only smoke the sense Amelia. But someone told me that the city of New York was built on top of quartz, like a bunch of quartz crystals, and they were like, that's where the energy comes. <laughs> I never, that, that cracked me up. I never heard that. It seems like you would. that would be a common knowledge but there's something uh, there was just something you're right it's not uh, it's not natural for the human it's just every i don't know people would be like and, yeah, my- and straight up shout out to all new yorkers right now <laughs> who are listening to our podcast we love you we respect you like human nature and nature and it all comes together. The people that can survive right now and are sharp. New Yorkers are sharp. You know what I mean? I think I'm a little softer. And that's the, the, uh, yeah. I think that's it, you know? Yeah. I think it just takes a certain kind of person. And I immediately, I thought it was going to be like a, like this magical place where, and it was just like, it was tough and it was expensive and I fucking... How long did you live there? I lived there for six months and then I actually split back to Chicago for a while and then I went to Vegas and worked for a while and then after, I actually went back right after 9-11. Wow, for how long? Uh, I, uh, I left November 13th. I was like, after... 
I know. I wow. Just, I, so I, eight months total. Yeah, I just... I went, so I have a month and a half. You got eight months in New York. I knew just... I, I, I went back because I didn't have any options. I had worked there, and I, uh, I just... It was... I just was like... After... Like, I mean, I went after 9-11, but it was just like, you know, you're walking around, you smell, as one friend, a friend of mine turned to me, he's like, you smell that? He's like, that's burning computers and flesh. <laughs> I was just like, and I was just like, fuck this. And I, I moved to LA. I was just like, I didn't have, luckily I got some work before I split, but I was like, I was going to come here whether I had 25 cents or 2,500, but I was just like, I'm the fuck out. So at that point, are you doing the store? Do you see Kennison? Do you see Marin? Like, are you at, at the comedy store? Like, when you're 15, just smashed into a comedy <laughs> tangent world. But I'm a fan, you know. I keep up. I I played, I didn't do, I've never played the comedy store. I, when I uh-huh. first moved here, I did the improv regularly. Um, cool. And then there's, like, a lot of, like, just like anything else, there's a lot of independent shows. Like, uh, do you know Duncan? Trussell? Yes. Uh, he and I used to do a show. I, I know of him. I do not know the man. We had a, a show we did at a record shop in Echo Park that doesn't exist anymore. But What's it called? I think I played it. There was Sea Level Records. That's actually where I, mm-hmm. I bought played your, it. That's where I bought your CD, the first okay, CD of you. yours. Uh, and it. It's a great, It's a. it was great because I opened up for a friend's band that did their record release there and I was like hey we should do a show there and me and Duncan just name of band uh, the Broken West they were on Merge Records they Broken did, West they did Shit. two records it's a great title right now especially um, uh, the, ba- <laughs> the band name <laughs> um yeah, but we just we did it once a month. We'd get a keg of beer. We just and we would we were trying to converge the music scene and the comedy scene because they were very separate. Right, but very similar if you think about it. Really, just brainwaves. I actually hung out. I hung out with more brainwaves. I hung out with more band people than I did comics because I just liked the world better. And for sure. But yeah, we it's would. It's the same way that I li- I read more books and watch more movies than listen to new records because I actually like those worlds better than the music world. The last thing on earth I ever watch is fucking comedy. I mean, I, I, right? Exactly. And I talked to another friend recently who makes documentaries and movies, and he's really into new music. Like he loves finding new music, and he'll. Send me a thing. I was like, cool, I'll check it out. But I'm mostly in the movies. And he's like, yeah, I, I get all the screeners. But my wife will just tell me, like, this one's supposed to be good, and we'll start to watch it, and I'll fall asleep. <laughs> and, and this is my thing. Sorry to cut you off one last time. But... If you ever get a job at Disneyland, you see the Mickey Mouse costume in the locker room, and the whole thing is over. You don't believe it anymore. It's like if you start making movies, you're like, eh, like I'm less interested in movies. Yeah, I... 
yeah, I just didn't give it. And then, like, if I'm, like, at an in-law, or not anymore, but, like, past girlfriends or dads or stuff, they'd always be like, hey, you're going to put on some comedy. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I want to watch a depressing, <laughs> I want to watch a movie where people die or lose their wife. <laughs> it's like. For sure. Or just kill themselves, just, like, straight up. Yeah, I understand. I know it's, it's funny that we have to build the ship that is our presence and then everyone assumes that we will want to seek out other ships like our own we're like no I want to look at someone who's different than me I'm not a narcissist are you? <laughs> I don't the person that's like, hey, let's watch some comedy. It's like, oh. Because you like to watch people mowing lawn videos on YouTube because you really like mowing your lawn. Yeah, I don't even want to work in comedy anymore. I just I get gigs because people will ask me, but I'm like... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The comedy's yeah. in you, you know? Yeah. It's like work, play. We've blurred the lines by now, Sonny Boy. It's it's a, it's a loose script from here on out. But come on. I mean, look at Trump. I mean, the loosest script alive. Yeah, science. Yeah, science doesn't know. It's like, I'm going to write some great lyrics based on Donald Trump saying science doesn't know. I will tell you that because he has driven the point to such an absurd level where I'm like, you're a dumbass and I'm going to take this so much further than you just did. Just watch and you will never hear my music and I never want it to infect your ears. You fucking bastard. <laughs> I uh I don't I don't like him very much. I uh I won't I won't say on here what I wish to see someday, but uh I'm No no no. No no no. They'll they'll Big Brother is listening. Oh yeah. I uh it's just and I don't if it was if I didn't have kids I would be like, okay, you like, you know, I I lived most of my life alone and I didn't, you know, I didn't have kids until I was in my 40s. Um, yeah. I mean, or I just had one a few months ago, so that's, I had one in my 50s. <laughs> but it's like, I worry. That's perfect. Yeah. I worry about, I couldn't, I was mentally not prepared. If I had a kid in my 30s, it would have been a disaster. If I had a kid. In, oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've said. Yeah, go on. Oh, I just, you know, I worry about their future. And I just, in my 30s, I was a mess. I was a fucking mess most of my life. Well, same here, and and I was going to talk about that too. What's your birth order? In my family, yeah, I'm the youngest of five boys, five angry Irish wow. Catholic working class. Amazing. So this completely debunks in a totally pleasant way, and also goes full zen, full circle. Where it's like, oh, it's because you're the oldest in your birth order, which I am. I'm the oldest of three boys. And it just proves, no. It's, it's all random rules. 
to quote David Berman, it's all random, you know? Yeah. I, I think, though, my brothers were a lot older, and a lot of them moved out. So I think in a weird way, I had a lot of alone time, and it was just me and my mom. Okay. So I think that so, altered. And I, I once my dad died, I had a lot of... Uh, there was no structure. My mom, my brothers were like kind of hellions, and my one brother like got arrested for dealing coke, and it was like things just kind of went out So I had this unstructured life, which I think was good in a lot of ways. I think it was good creatively because I just sort of had no, I was just like, fuck it about a lot of things. But then also I became an adult and I didn't know how to have things like credit or keep money in my pocket. <laughs> no, totally. <clears throat> it's weird when we chase those low, small ravines in Starkville, Mississippi, when I was four years old, my favorite time of day was nap time when I had to go into my room midday and not see anyone and I would just play with my action figures on the bed and make up scenarios and I think that was my first studio it was just like okay like this motorcycle is going to go over this hill ramp that I've made out of bed clothes do you remember adventure people it was like i think it was pre-star wars or at the same time as star wars fisher price adventure people they were little action figures and i went nuts with those son like i really was casting a play of sorts and the commercials that they put on tv which i was I would say fortunate enough to experience were amazing. They put them by little real creeks. Look up Fisher Price Adventure People commercials on YouTube right now. And you're like, oh, they liked Kubrick. <laughs> they're like, they're making it real. I feel like we grew up in a better, not better, that's a that's old man bullshit, but like television, we only, like in Chicago, there was the three networks and then there was two or three UHF channels. So I grew up watching uh, reruns. Like I watched, you know, Beverly Hillbillies and Get Smart and all these old great. No, it's, it's so true. We kind of grew up in the thrift store era of TV. That's a great way they, of putting it. Where they kept replaying shit of old. Where now, despite like millennial fascination with the 90s, which is gorgeous and adorable, like I love that they love the lemon heads and this and that. It's like our Jimi Hendrix. I get it. But like... Now it's more about either what's totally brand new or what was totally 90s. Like, I think they're watching Dawson's Creek now, the millennials, because it's like us watching MASH. That's interesting. Yeah, I watched, and the weekends were like, it was just Abbott and Costello movies, Marx Brothers, W.C. Fields. Like, that was like Saturday on the local Channel 32, and it was like... I don't know. I feel like that and old and radio was a, like in Chicago, there was like a radio stations that just played swing. And like, I don't know, it gave, I had a diverse 
I got a diverse <laughs> reference level at a young age from all that stuff that I don't think, or maybe they do. I maybe they get it on the internet. No, I don't know. They they, 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 they don't. They don't get it the way you were getting it. If you don't mind me saying, I don't mind. I'm just, but it's like, I don't want to demean whatever because I don't know what the fuck. I watching. would never. I would never demean. I would say this. <clears throat> I would never demean any human who is now living, who is growing up with these certain circumstances. We grew up with these that are familiar to us because we're only four years apart. Dukes of Hazard, Incredible Hulk, Man from Atlantis, <laughs> Need I Go On, Dallas. I mean, oh, I just saw... 15 crows maybe more wow so many crows just I'm in our backyard but so many crows just went east (laughs) I just saw like 15 crows in the air they call that a murder. <laughs> they do. Not to reveal where you, not to reveal where you live, but is it a bit um countryish? It is. It's in the Santa Monica mountain range. Which is um a Southern California mountain range, which is very prominent and has been here for a long time since the volcanic <laughs> tech, tech plate revival of 1832 is that for real I made it up but it sounds real (laughs) it seems real Um, I've heard uh, that you have that you have like uh, along the coast you have a bunch of secret spots that and that's you've heard heard that not secret like you know like getaway like little you know little nooks and crannies along the coast that maybe a lot of people don't know I think really I guess this is not true did I tell you that no but I heard that's what your video is based on the uh, why me video which is I can't get that song out of my head by the way oh thank you so check it out I gotta ask you did someone actually tell you that? It was in an email exchange. From? Lou. Oh. Is it, was that bad? So, he didn't, no, he, no, no, no. He never... No, no, no. And he said so you're very... All perfect. I'm saying... All I'm saying is... Any place that I know... And this should be comforting, actually... Any place that I know is just right under your nose if you drive the road. <laughs> that's that's how, how I will dispel any notion of secret spot. Yeah. Because I think the idea of the secret spot at this day and age is a romantic notion that you just are somewhere and no one else is there 
and so then it must be a secret spot. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. I used to go south of, you know, Par- of, obviously, you know, Paradise Cove, that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But I used to, find, yeah. I've, I forget if somebody told me or if I stumbled upon it, because I used to have an old 95 Jeep, and I'd just drive up the fucking coast with, like, no doors and roof. But I found, like, a, oh, yeah. a, like a stairway south of, south of, Paradise Cove, but it was like, and it was like this really, like you'd go down this really steep staircase to the beach, and it was like, you know, there's houses there, but it like no, yeah. no one would ever be on that beach, or if there was, no, that's be- pirate, that's pirate stuff, like right, like all I'm talking about ever in my music is the moment you just described. It's like you're walking down onto this unexplored, in quotes, land. It's that moment uh, with you and that place, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. One of the things that I read a lot about your music is that, that... People associate not like that. This not sound, but that there is an association sort of with the Beach Boys in California. That would be my highest honor. When I was eight or nine years old, my dad Bobby Field recorded on a ninety-minute tape off of K Earth One Hundred One a Beach Boys marathon. And I was educated on the Beach Boys music, and I didn't even understand until I was like 21 years old the different titles of the songs. But my dad somehow, he was really into Elvis, and I think he got into the Beach Boys, feel me? And then like he recorded this KR-201 Beach Boys Marathon <clears throat> and then I got it stolen tell me like that tape got stolen at 7th grade winter camp and I've never seen it since but someone stole that tape out of my Walkman that's It just happened. I've had a few tapes disappear. It's you take it, you take it on the head. You know, like that kind of loss is kind of like losing a pet or losing a family member. But it's just it's the it's the price of doing business if you're in love with it all. If you're in love with it all, like you're gonna fucking. You're gonna if lose. you're in love with it all, you're going to lose big, too. But your love supports that loss. That's, and I have a song, No Suicide, which we recorded and released pre David Berman's life ending. And it was poignant for me. I was like, yeah, I've wanted to end it all before, but let's just let it play out and not end it all. <laughs> like, be creative <laughs> of how to stay alive in these 
super trying times. I, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's like I've been it's close. No joke. It's no joke. We're in an apocalypse. Yeah. I feel it's hard not, especially when I have fucking ash raining down in my house, house or my apartment. Like the combo platter of like the president. The fucking mountains to the north of me ablaze. It's just yep. uh, and and COVID, and then uh, but the thing about COVID, I'm like, hey, what if we took this attitude towards climate change? Because we're on the fucking cusp of that. Fucking, I mean, obviously. Well, the hugest job is that we actually have to take a stance. Not only on COVID, which we already knew we had to do, but like obviously also climate change. And isn't that so alternative? Like <laughs> we're in a new realm. It's like Dune. Just go watch Dune. And we're like, okay. Or the new uh, Blade Runner 2046, like where it's all orange sky, and they thought it was because of nuclear whatever, but it's they nailed it. I haven't seen that yet. I want to. It's you'll see it, but we've had orange sky out here. Oh yeah, it's, it's just smoke, you know. I hope they. But yeah. So we live in Los Angeles County, and with the Woolsey fire, we saw the orange sun for a few hours, and then by 10:30 a.m., the fire was in our backyard, and I said to our landlord. Those were 50-foot-tall flame walls, right? And he said they were 200 feet tall. Jesus Christ. They just turned into smoke after 50 feet. Did you have to leave? You have, of course you had to leave. No. You didn't? You no. We stayed. Because at that point, and this is... This is actually tricky conversation to have. Okay. This is actually real talk because at that point to leave is more dangerous. And I would have to go into a sub category to explain that, but like we were told that because they said the road would turn into a fire tunnel. Jesus Christ. It was, it was the scariest moment of, my, of our lives. No doubt, hands down. Like, fire is no joke. Absolute. Yeah. But we had uh, we had our mentors and our elders 
who had been through three of them already. And they're like, my adrenaline's up, but I'm not scared. It's like, oh, shit. They're like, wet your clothes. So we <laughs> wet our clothes to guard us from the heat. And then you just put out fires for six hours. Because embers fall. And a lot of ground fires are made out of that. Yeah, that's what I was worried about with here. Yeah. Fire shows no mercy. Um, well, Kyle, I, I don't want to end, but my, we, we should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm doing this out of my bedroom and my, we need to put our, our baby daughter, baby person sleeps in here. So I, my, I think my wife needs to put the baby down. For sure. Uh, I, th thank you. Uh, for, this has been great. I hope you enjoy. I, I don't think you would have stayed on for two hours if you uh, hated my guts. <laughs> no, I'm I'm hanging on by a lifeline. I need this bubble that we've created, but I realize you're leaving, and I'm gonna just crawl back to my cave to realize that. I want you to know, Kyle. I'm always here for you. <laughs> Send me your real phone number. I'll text you. I, I will. Is this your is this number I called you on your cell phone? Indeed. All right, I'll text you as soon as I get off. No, it was super good. And I've always wanted to crack into the comedy world, but I never did. You're, 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 you have a lot of humor in some of your lyrics, and you're... Good, good. You're, I, I, it's not lost on me. And cool. it's yeah. funny, it's weird, and I, I don't... I, I guess it's a con compliment to who I am, but I've become friends with almost everybody I have on the show. It's really fucking bizarre. That's the way it should go, though, because I feel like we're living in this new world where the old world principles apply to now, and anything you earned back in the day pays it forward, and then you've got all these new homies. Like, I don't know. It's It's real. It's stacking up in the same way that Trump's bullshit is stacking up. Our old friendness is stacking up. That's how I feel. In a yin yang way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, that's how I, I mean, this podcast, I've become friends with David Yao, Wayne Kramer, and uh, do you know Xander Schloss? He was like, he was in the Circle Jerks and then he was like Joe Strummer's right hand guy. He's in, he's in like, wow. he's in, uh, he's in Repo Man. He's like Alex Cox. He's in a bunch of Alex Cox films and he did, mm. he did the, he's the, he's the nerd in Repo Man and then he's the wiener guy mm. in Down By, or, uh, what the fuck is the Joe Strummer movie that Alex Cox did? Straight, Straight from Hell? Straight from Hell. Yeah. He's the, but uh, him and Strummer did the soundtracks for those movies and. Like, you know, he's wow. like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's great because I admire, I, I don't, 
I try to talk to people I admire, not just, you know, like, oh, that fucker will give me some numbers. Like, <laughs> that's not the philosophy of the show. It's people I'm interested no. in. No. So it's cool yeah. that I end up becoming friendly with people and stay in touch. So I would love to. Well, you should just keep doing that because your instinct is right. Yeah, thank you. Your instinct is correct, so just keep doing it. And I'm I'm just an old Irish sailor. I've seen I've seen these seas and I've seen these seas and I've seen these seas. And these seas are always changing. But it's nice to come up in the ranks with an old bloke like you in it. You know, it's like, it's like you never forget that time. <laughs> All right, sir. It's like fucking, it's like fucking COVID's on fleek. And what are we doing about it? We're going to vote for Joe Biden for sure. But like, why don't we take out some of Trump's bullshit <laughs> publication? <laughs> like, how can we, this is, this is actually my honest bullseye point to this whole thing and I'll say it right now I cannot believe that Donald Trump has a team that can turn all of his failures into like successes and that he can blame everything of the last four years on Joe Biden. That's a fucking magician, <laughs> man. That is a fucking scary magician. And you don't, I mean, you do not want him in charge anymore. No, it's got to end. All right, sir, I'll text you when I get off. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bullshit! You know it! It's like we gotta make it a two-parter. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Remember to rate and review it. And if you like, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash conversations with Dwyer. Also, listen to my friend's podcast, Hunk by Mike Bridenstine and Kill Gallon's Pub with Joe Kilgallen. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you again.